0: Get your quote today at progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Finishes junior. It's come through to Rodrigo! Who lashes Real Madrid back into the lead. What a thrilling football match. What a thrilling goal. Two substitutes combine to fulminating effect.
1: It was Destructionville in the Champions League on Tuesday. Atalanta got destroyed by Liverpool. Real Madrid beats Inter Milan 3-2. Man City beats Olympiacos. Bayern Munich wakes up and beats Salzburg 6-2. We have all the games, all the analysis. Jimmy Conrad celebrates because his betting tips just kept on hitting. Stay right here because our Tuesday recap begins right now. Money, 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 money money jimmy conrad what an evening for you brother it's just raining up in here it's raining it's raining cash jimmy how are you man
2: i'm doing great i had my best ever day wagering i am absolutely buzzing i thought i gave some good hardcore analysis gave some some uh context as to why maybe you should wager certain ways and i hit four out of four uh very excited i got easy money then i had one outside of easy money that also hit that. I think I talked about, uh, but just wasn't in our little graphic. I'm excited. I'm excited, Luis. I'm, I'm feeling good and hopefully I can keep it going and let it ride into the next champions league day.
1: Your bonus is coming your way. Well, I'll talk, we'll talk to our bosses. I will make it happen. Jimmy, we'll make it a nice early Christmas bonus. Absolutely killed it. Love it. And what a day, what an evening for the champions league people. It was a lot of goals, a lot of entertainment. Uh, and of course, we have to begin with Real Madrid, Inter Milan. Real wins it 3-2 courtesy of the young Brazilian Rodrigo with a really good build-up play, uh, finished off in the 80th minute. Uh, such a good game. Karim Benzema opened the scoring. Uh, then Sergio Ramos made it 2-0, not before. And then after that, Lautaro Martinez with a beautiful Barella flick, uh, 2-1 at halftime. Parisage gets one back but it ends 3-2, courtesy of Rodrigo. What a game, uh, Jimmy. What'd you make of it?
2: Yeah, fantastic game. The, the line that I had that actually wasn't in my easy money graphic is uh, Real Madrid to win both teams to score at plus 205. That was my slam dunk wager that I did on HQ uh, this morning. So I, uh, I was excited when it was all happening. Everything was falling into place. Madrid goes up uh, two goals early. I'm like, oh, man, I already got the cigar out. I was smoking it, you know, because I knew that Inter was going to score at some point because Madrid's defending is so bad. However, when Inter made a 2-2, I got a little squeaky bum over here. Squeaky, everything got a little tighter. Put out the the cigar. And uh, Rodrigo, of all players, was the one that stepped up and scored a very good goal, good goal under composure. And, you know, I don't know. I think if you're a neutral or even not a neutral fan of either team, you probably, well, at least from Inter's standpoint, they probably thought that a draw would have been maybe a fair result. But Madrid took advantage of some mistakes that Inter made. And they did what they had to do. And and they won a game that they had to win for me to stay alive in the group stages. And that's what champions do, man. They didn't, they haven't won 13 champions league trophies for no reason. I mean, they, they know how to win games that maybe they shouldn't.
1: That's it, man. That I think that's it. That's, that's the cherry on top when it comes to this game. Listen, like, We've been talking about Real Madrid in the Champions League, for, so, and we were like celebrating the fact that they escaped with a point uh, last time around. And it's like, it's the 13-time champions. Like, come on, do something. And Inter Milan, you know, for all their defensive vulnerabilities, they're still uh, Inter Milan, even without Romelu Lukaku. Lautaro Martinez looked good. Perisic looked good. They obviously overloaded that midfield. But they took advantage of a few mistakes. And, you know, we... Kept talking about Akram Hakimi and he had a few issues defensively. But fair play and fair play to players like Lucas Vasquez playing as right back. And I thought Fede Valverde was really good today as well. It was his beginning of the build-up play that made the Rodrigo goal. And Kareem Benson, man. I mean, me and you just love that guy. Underrated. I, I did I amazing. actually
2: had him scoring anytime at plus 100. I just thought he's on it and he it did end up scoring. So thanks, Hakimi, for uh, giving an assist to one of your old former teammates. But
1: awful, uh, awful, yeah. awful take back. But it's <laughs> such a Conte mistake, isn't it? It's such <laughs> it a, is. every time Antonio Conte <laughs> manages a team in the in the in Europe, you just feel like a mistake like that at some point is going to happen and it's not really like conjecture here it's really because like that's how his system operates sometimes when it works it's awesome it's in your face and when it doesn't it's really vulnerable but a really good 3-2 win for real madrid and you know just talking earlier from that group jimmy then you have Mönchengladbach, Gladbach, who just uh, we called it Destroy City tonight, right? Six nothing,
2: six zero. They slapped them, and I actually had suggested a flyer of a bet. This is the one that I missed, I'd say, of the bigger, bigger ones outside of the Easy Money, because Munch Mönchengladbach Gladbach had had leads in their two previous Champions League matches, and then gave them up in the last five minutes. I thought, all right, you know, they're gonna take the lead, and then and then they still won't win the game. That was at plus eight fifty. That was my massive flyer. Which I don't really do more often than not, but I thought maybe in this one, well, you know, Alsan Playa was like absolutely not scored two in the first half. It was 3-0 at half. I was like, all right, that one's done and dusted. (laughs) But What a performance from them. It was so complete. Shakhtar had no answers for him. They even had a couple players come back from injury who are very good. Uh, Tyson is is the one that really uh, stands out for me, but even he couldn't do anything. I mean, they just had no answers for a Gladbach team that are excellent. And I, for the longest time used to say, you can't sleep on like Spanish competition and Spanish teams in European competition. But now I'm feeling like things are tilted more to the Germans. Maybe, maybe it's the German teams you can't sleep on anymore in, in big competitions, because this was a fantastic performance from Gladbach and what a week for them overall.
1: Can we talk about Alessand and Player for a second? We like can. 27 years old, you know, his career is has is, is been consistent in League A uh, with Lyon and Nice. Uh, he had a long spell, a very brief one with Auxerre. Then he moves to Germany and to your point, I think that the reason why German teams are now really tilting that pendulum is because they're so technically gifted, but at the same time, they're just really well managed. Rose And, and Rose has just gotten the best out of play. I mean, one, one appearance for France, it's like you could put a French B team or C team and they might just get to the final of a World Cup. It's unbelievable, but a tremendous performance for play. And you would think that January, People might come knocking. Like, I don't know. Like uh, Munchen Gladbach is a good team, and obviously he's happy, but this guy is a force.
2: He is. I think maybe in the summer. I bet you Munchen Gladbach holds on to him for the whole year. This was actually his first time that he's ever scored in the Champions League. He had three goals today. He's got three goals and three assists so far in three games, but all three goals happened today. So I think the jury might still be out in some ways. You know, and Shakhtar, maybe not might be the most formidable competition but if they do if he does it against Madrid if he does it against Milan you know and he did he, he dropped assists unbelievable assists against both That's of those teams opinion. if you guys remember but but you know I, I, he's still I mean, he's got the goods I'm a fan there's no there's no denying I'm a fan but I feel like the jury might be still out there because he I feel like he's been on the radar been on the cusp of joining a bigger club than Gladbach for some time now Luis I do want to say when I'm looking at the table now in group B you got Gladbach on top with five points you got Madrid now in second uh, with four. You got Shakhtar also in four, but they have a minus five goal difference, which could come back to really bite them. And then you got Inter Milan with two. Yo, Inter Milan is in some, oh man, we I don't think we're allowed to cuss, but they are some deep doo-doo, man. They, they, they <laughs> doo is I, what they are, man. Oh, uh, I don't know if they're getting out of that. And when you look at their team, it just shouldn't be that way, given the amount of talent they have, whether Romelu Lukaku plays or not. It doesn't matter. Uh, it shouldn't matter because obviously Lataro's an excellent player. Parisich looked good today too. I don't know. I don't know what the deal is. Uh, but it was kind of funny to see on that Rodrigo goal, who's a teenager by the way, uh, getting the ball and like Arturo Vidal not recognizing the danger quick enough. Ashley Young not sliding over. I'm like, maybe those guys 10 years ago could have defended Rodrigo. Yeah. yeah. Maybe I'm now. Almost- it's just, and that's a, that's that's the problem you have. When you rely on older guys, sometimes they can't cover the ground like they used to. And And listen, I'm an older guy and I wish I could still play, but but uh, that's just the reality of uh, having tired legs, a lot of mileage on your legs.
1: Listen, as a Peruvian, I'm always okay with Arturo Vidal.
2: <laughs> so I'm okay with that. <laughs> but you are a- you are anti-chi-chi-chi, le-le-le.
1: Yeah, I, I, will never, <laughs> I will never forgive Vidal for how he treated uh, Claudio Pizarro when he arrived for his... Uh, tribute at Bayern Munich, but that's for another day. Inter Milan, bottom of Group B, as you mentioned. The alarming thing to me is that their goal difference is minus one. They've conceded more goals than they have scored. That's a big problem. And I'm wondering, um, you know, wh- where Conte goes here. Like, obviously, it's just halfway. Things could change, but it's very doubtful. So, really, that the, 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 the competition in that group is between three teams. Let's move on, because there was a lot of action.
2: A lot, a lot of action.
1: It's Destroy City. It, it was Monster Jam today. So many goals. <laughs> We've already talked about um, Shakhtar Donetsk getting absolutely killed by Gladbach. Let's talk about Liverpool destroying Atalanta. 5 nothing. Your boy, my boy, Diogo Jota with a hat trick. Uh, 16th minute, 33rd minute, 54th minute. Then Salah with a beautiful solo run and goal. And Sadio Mane uh, finishing it off. Uh, well, not finishing because you know, Jota scored the last one, but Basaria Mane also scoring, so it's five nothing against Atalanta. We knew that there would be goals. I just didn't think it would be this one-sided. What do you make of it?
2: Well, what I made of it was I had the only bet that I wanted to touch because I didn't know which version of Atalanta was going to show up, and I think I mentioned that it was the bad version today. But the only bet I really suggested for everybody, and the one that I hit was uh, Diogo Jota scoring anytime at plus one fifteen. he scored in the 16th minute and i got the cigar back out luis you know let that thing back up you know i didn't realize he was going to go on and score three goals and for them to be up 5-0 after 54 minutes an incredible performance by them obviously they've been dealing with a ton of adversity with the virgil van dyke situation of course but also just what do you do with this guy right now he's going to take minutes away from bobby firmino and if i'm bobby firmino there's what are you going to say to Jurgen Klopp like well uh can I get in the team like no you absolutely cannot get into the team because we have Diogo Jota uh in your place right now and he's got nothing because Jota's absolutely killing it so
1: no excuses he can't he can't say anything if Diogo Jota plays like this he's already showed it already as a sub twice by the way so Klopp Uh, you know, rightly said, listen, you've earned your start, let's see what you can do. He gives him a hat trick. So I wouldn't be surprised if he starts against Man City. I mean, uh, you know, and that's a weekend game coming up. So you just, it's like, you can't sit momentum. You just got to let them keep rolling. And now, listen, Atalanta, this is the problem with Atalanta. And I'm not going back on anything. They're still my dark horse slash gray horse. I still think they're amazing. But because Gasperini's uh, tactics are so gung ho, when it doesn't go your way, or at least the opposition anticipates what's going to happen in the sem- defensive transition, this is what's going to happen. And and they just didn't know how to, how to respond. And I thought the initial storyline of this was going to be two steam trains going at each other. Yeah. The problem was that Same. one steam train was like a Japanese super fast train. The other one was like the one from back to the future three super slow. So like, that's exactly what happened. There was two similar philosophies, just one of them out tactically maneuvering the other one.
2: Yeah. I mean, ultimately was Jota scoring early, it just really set the tone. We, yes. we knew that Atalanta had some frailties in the back. They just leak a lot of crappy goals. Frankly, the two goals they gave up against Ajax were not good and very preventable. And not, I, I, I well, as a former defender, I feel like every goal is preventable in some form or fashion. But but those Ajax ones were not very good. And then, obviously, uh, when Jota then scores, you know, not too long after that, I feel like it's done and dusted. I just didn't feel like that was the Atalanta that of last season where oh no we'll fight our way through it we'll figure out a way just feel like they put their heads down and that was it and so that's going to be interesting I think for Gasparini to work through because they've been so up and down this season and that's why I said it before the game which version of these guys are you going to get because when they're feeling it they are lights out but but when they're not it seems to be going hard the other way it's not like they it's not like they're they're stemming the flow at all like maybe maybe losing 2-0 it's it's all or nothing with these guys and that is a slippery slope I'd say Luis.
1: Yeah, because all or nothing, sometimes it's just going to be nothing, which is what mm-hmm. happened mm-hmm. today. So now in Group D, you have Liverpool firmly ahead with nine points. Ajax uh, in second, they, they uh, overcame a big COVID-19, affected their squad tremendously today. And they still battled to a 2-1 win against Michelin. Uh, Michelin fought hard, but wasn't enough. Uh, so they're in last place. And Atlanta and Ajax, uh, similar points, but different goal difference. So they're fighting for that one. So, again, this is Destruction City. So many Good. wins, so many big wins. Um, let's talk about Man what, City beating... Wait, yeah. hold on.
2: I do want to come back to that one second. Um, the next match day for this is so important because yeah, Ajax around. now... Exactly, yeah. Ajax then now hosts Michelin and Liverpool hosts Atalanta. Atalanta could be in trouble here. I think Ajax, if they beat Michelin, and I think Liverpool will get a result, especially at Anfield, where they're pretty much unbeatable. Atalanta's now in a position where they could be, you know, swimming in the Europa League here in a few weeks. So this, yes. is, this is all for Ajax. I think Ajax is in a great position. And then, hold on, let me just see the, which when they play again. Sorry.
1: Well, the very least that Atalanta needs, I think, at Anfield is a point. If they get killed or they lose, I think it's an issue because, as you mentioned, Ajax hosts Michelin, and then they'll feel very confident going into their final two matches. So Atalanta really needs to draw at least at Anfield.
0: Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half.
2: I agree hundred percent last match day in Amsterdam, Ajax versus Atalanta. I think that's again. going to determine who gets second or third. That is going to be popping off. I'm already excited about it. All right, let's move on to the next one. Manchester let's go, City.
1: Let's go, let's go baby. Man City winning three, nothing. My boy. I've talked about him for a while, even before he moved to Man City, Ferran Torres, just once again, it was it. Listen, this was a quintessential Man City performance. Very nice triangular passing, uh, attacking the spaces. Olympiacos, you know, we never thought they were going to do as much, especially away um, at the Etihad, but Ferran Torres opens the scoring. Uh, Gabriel uh, Gajuz with a beautiful finish and then ending with uh, Joao Cancelo making it 3 nothing. Listen, like, very sneakily, Man City is becoming one of the best teams in the Champions League right now. I know, that,
2: I know that. He, he's drinking the Kool-Aid, everybody. He's drinking it up. <laughs> <laughs> we we see this with Pep Guardiola teams before. We've seen it before, especially non non Barcelona Pep Guardiola teams. No, but maybe, go ahead, keep keep sucking it down.
1: No, maybe I'm saying you know, maybe, maybe I'm saying it because I'm I want to jinx them. But <laughs> I can only talk about from what I'm seeing. Of course, of course. And Man City is playing well, and they are right now. But they haven't truly been tested. So I, you know, it, it's not, so they, you know, they beat Olympiacos 3-0. Uh, the week before that, they won against Marseille 3 nothing. Then before that, they beat Porto 3-1. So it's not like they've like faced anybody that's really going to, I think you have to wait until the knockout stage, which is <laughs> what happens. This is what happens, you know, you know, when you read like Little Red Riding Hood and you know what's going to happen. You know what's gonna happen when Pep Guardiola enters the knockout stage? They're not winning the Champions League, but right now I think they're playing really good stuff. It's just no,
2: they are. I I a very mean difficult. Dismiss that. Yeah. It's a,
1: no, I get it. I get it. I get it. They're Man City. We have to find the cracks. It's just that you have to just show props when the props are need to be shown.
2: No, and I, they did it with a, a center back pairing that I wasn't expecting in, in Nathan Ake and John Stones. Yep. Uh, I thought that looked pretty good. And, and they did the business and kept it pretty simple, which is what you want out of those guys, especially when you have so many talented playmakers around them. Uh, Kevin De Bruyne, again, fantastic to assist in this one. Uh, Ferran Torres, this is the one I told you to bet him to score anytime plus 115. So honestly, he scored in the 12th minute. And then uh, Diogo Jota scored in the 16th minute and that cigar was lit. I was like crushing it. it. That's when I was like, my confidence was sky high. And then I hit the other ones. And I was really excited about that. We were but, like
1: Pete, uh, and mace. Like I, it,
2: it was it was I was both of them at the same time, Luis. It was unreal. <laughs> um, It was just me in Amir, mirror, like with the music on and bright lights, you know, get your, your after family
1: it. were like, you need help.
2: But, <laughs> you know, that they definitely already think I need help. But uh, yeah, a good performance overall, I think, for on Torres has slotted in very nicely. I think to your point, he's an excellent player. I understand why you're been harping on why he's going to be successful and why he's so talented. I mean, I think we could still say Valencia, what are you doing? Why are you selling that guy? Cause you could use him right now. And along with a lot of the other players have been given away for pretty much for free. But I think what is most promising, I think from a man city perspective is, Gabriel Jesus coming in in the 69th minute and then scoring 12 minutes later. He's a guy that I think needs those goals for confidence. He seems like a big confidence guy. A lot of strikers are, of course, but for him to come back and immediately make an impact and score a very good goal. uh, and already have an instant rapport with Kevin De Bruyne. uh, All that stuff is is important. And I just think it's going to make the team deeper and stronger as this competition goes on. I will say though for all the anti-city people in there they do have a favorable group they have Marseille team that hasn't scored yet in three group games uh, Olympiakos was never really going to trouble them maybe 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 in Greece it could be troubled but probably not in Manchester and then Porto you just again they're a team I don't know which version of Porto is going to show up they did it again uh, they had a nice performance today against uh, Marseille but uh, overall yeah i i city's just so so much stronger than everybody else in this group yeah and now they get now fun. they get to sit back and i hope that that zach stefan gets to play now that's all i wanted to say
1: maybe maybe you you never know maybe you might come in there maybe but man city right now lead group c with nine points they've only conceded one they've scored nine i mean we don't have to keep going about group c it's pretty much done and dusted let's talk about oh jesse marsh you were so close man and then Bayern Munich kind of just said, "You know what? I'm getting bored. Let's uh, let's play." And Bayern Munich wins 6-2 against RB Salzburg. Um, you know, Margin Barisha opened the scoring for Salzburg, and you thought, "Oh my God!" Is Jesse March? I mean, you just got to go to Jimmy Conrad's Twitter account, and he's he's talking about the 2026 World Cup, and you know that. I mean, first of all, I agree with you. I'm I'm the biggest Jesse March fan. <laughs> I love him, but. But you shouldn't have done that, Jimmy, because you woke up Lewandowski. You woke up Lira Sané. Lucas Hernandez even scored in stoppage time. And unfortunately for Salzburg and Jesse Marsh, uh, Bayern just woke up. And they are really the reason why they're the defending champions. They're not going to just allow any kind of silliness get in the way. Uh, And they win
2: 6-2. Luis, there's only a few teams in the world that I think can flip a switch and turn it on. And Bayern Munich is one of those few teams. They were letting RB Salzburg in the game. They were giving them time, you know, and fair play to Salzburg. And I said this to Jesse Marsh when I talked to him on HQ yesterday. I love that he instills his team with confidence to go out and play. They don't sit back. They're not babies about it. Oh, we talked about it. Yeah, with Andres Villas-Boas and Marseille and how I can't stand that. I was on fire. That I love that. And in contrast, I love that Salzburg did that. However, when you run into a freight train like Bayern Munich, it could work against you. However, for for 75 minutes, it was all right. And I think, he, you know, Jesse's going to lean on that with his team. And then all of a sudden, this
1: is like, if you're going to gamble, gamble. Like, it's fine.
2: The switch got hit. They gave up another set piece. That's probably going to piss off Jesse Marsh the most. They gave up a set piece. Jerome Boateng scored. Then Bayern relaxed again because they thought they were going to probably give away a few points here because of how well Salzburg was playing. And then, boom, 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 they gave like four four more goals. And that speaks to the youth, I think, of the team. They put their, their head down. I will say, from a betting perspective, though, I had Robert Lewandowski to score, Bayern Munich to win, and both teams to score. And I nailed it. So, like, I had, like, a 10-foot-long cigar that just kept going, baby, because it just was, like, <laughs> a celebration city. Money,
0: money, money.
2: I was, in, I was in my own champagne room. It was unbelievable. I'm having a great yeah, time. in the world, and yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> But But, yeah, it's – it's. I just can't say enough about Bayern Munich's ability in a lot of different ways. And when they said it's time for us to actually go out and win this game, they scored four goals. That that 75th minute, it's time to win the game, scored four goals. It's done at 6-2. Unbelievable. That team's unbelievable.
1: Unbelievable. And it's the reason why they are the defending champions. And in fact, you know, it's probably a good place uh, to, because we have a few questions and they're both uh, about Bayern Munich. And, you know, they're going to be pretty easy to answer. They come from our friends, Tom Fornelli and Mike Goodman. One of them is, will Bayern Munich ever lose again? And two, are Bayern Munich the best team in the world or are they better than that? Um, (laughs) I'll start. Listen, like, I, Bayern Munich will lose again. I just, you know, but it has to be because they're not playing to their strengths. I, I, at this point, when Bayern Munich is ready, and even during the game, like we saw today, when they don't start that well, all they need is that switch. And all they need is Lewandowski and Muller and Gnabry, Leroy Sané. I mean, Jerome Boateng got in there today. They're just too good too well-managed, I mean, I think I saw a stat here where like um, Hansi Flick has more trophies now with Bayern than losses with Bayern. Like, is it's just, you know, they're just a really good. That's,
2: yeah, that's unbelievable. That's, I hadn't heard that stat and now I don't even know what to say because there's no stat or anything I'm going to say that's going to top that. I will say though, and I guess Borussia Dortmund plays tomorrow. So I don't know if they're going to have much of an advantage, but they play this weekend. Uh, Borussia Dortmund hosts Bayern Munich. Maybe there's something there if Erling Holland's out, probably not. But I, I always feel like Dortmund gives them one or two good games, whether it's in the cup or or in the Bundesliga. Um, but yeah, I don't I don't see them losing anytime soon. I think they're built to win, and even though they have some some injuries to key players, and even though know, they lost Thiago, they still. The cooking with gas man it's uh, it's unbelievable and so i'm i'm I, I had said before this is way early i think after the champions league ended that i predicted that Bayern could be the first team at least in the top five european leagues to to win back-to-back trebles
1: yeah and,
2: and there's nothing to indicate otherwise at the moment they're still on on course to do that which would be an incredible accomplishment in the modern game
1: yep Yep. I, if there's any way that the Bayern is losing at all, it, it would be in the knockout stages, but I just don't see that happening right now. And I totally agree. So they lead their group. Uh, Atlético Madrid tied with Locomotive Moscow. Um, Héctor Herrera was the main character in this one. He, he a beautiful assist. And then, uh, just a ridiculous penalty. It's just, just but listen, I'm with you though. We don't even have to argue about it. It was just stupid, a stupid, but the problem is, is like, the issue is not with the official, it's with the rule itself. Like, it's just, you have to open it up a little bit. It it was just such a dumb penalty, but I'm not going to focus my anger on the ref. I'm going to focus my anger on the fact that we need to revisit this rule and what a handball constitutes because it hits the chest first, then his head, then his wallet, then his right. Like, I don't know. It, it hits everything before it hits his arm. And he has no intention of like using his arm. You should, that should just shouldn't be a penalty. It just shouldn't, right?
2: That's not a penalty for me in a hundred million years. And, and what I thought could clear up the, the handball situation in the box. And this is what I didn't like as a player either is say there's like a hope, hopeful cross that goes into the box and there is nobody from the opposing team running in to potentially head it or tap it in or shoot or whatever, why should that be considered a a dangerous goal scoring opportunity when I'm not, there's nobody there. And so so it's, obviously if I do it intentionally, that's something different, but if it's inadvertent and like it was for Hector Herrera, hit like 17 different things before it hit his hand. And if you can look at the play, because you have the benefit of VAR, you can look at the play and as a referee, you can say, oh, there's five other Athletic defenders that if I actually map out the ball where it would go if Hector Herrera didn't touch it, five of those guys would probably head it out. Oh, I don't, I don't think that would be a dangerous goal scoring opportunity. I, I, I don't know why that's not factored into the equation when they look at these plays. Uh, or, or the one that was, I don't know how long ago when Eric Dyer wasn't even looking at the ball and the ball got headed into his hand. Like, what the hell is he supposed to do, man? I mean, so there's all these it's like these nuances. Now, I guess they're trying to rule out those nuances by just saying this is this is a black and white rule. I just wish there was interpretation for some gray because I do think it matters as to where the attacking player is, the trajectory of the ball, where it could potentially fall to and all the other things that, that, that have to be taken into account. And uh, yeah, that's what frustrates me the most, I'd say.
1: Yeah, there is nothing else for me to add aside from, like, if you're going to have VAR, then you should allow for those gray areas to come in. That's it. There we go. Like that—that's really it.
2: That's All why right. we're brothers, man. I would give you a big hug right now if that was—we were in the same room.
1: Right, just Venmo with me, man. You got some money now. <laughs> uh, Porto, uh, we won't go along in this one. Marseille is a mess. Uh, we knew that this was gonna happen. Um, everybody did. <laughs> even How much that it hurts. Our expert Jonathan Johnson, uh, you know, lamenting—it's just a terrible performance. And Andrew Village voice just needs to figure out. Like, and the problem is, is like, I like him. He's a good man, but. He, He's always been this person. Like it, it yeah. There's always been a conventional way of thinking from his standard, and this is what you get. They, Mar, Mar, the thing about Marseille is that they have so much talent. Yeah, that it's very disheartening to see that that can be translated into goals because they had like more than sixty percent possession, but it's just like flat possession. There was no like, it was nothing, and Porto just you know just took advantage.
2: Yeah, I don't know if anybody saw the first goal, but. It was Marseille, Porto was attacking kind of top of the box. Marseille clears it. Honestly, it pinballs around three or four different people. It goes back to the Porto player who really had no business getting the ball back. And then, you know, it goes across and they score. And it's just, it was a really bad goal for a lot of different reasons for Marseille. But it was one of those, if you have a team who is as mentally vulnerable as I think Marseille is at the moment, you give up that goal and your heads go down. And I just don't think they have a lot of that mental fortitude to work through that. And, and I actually think that Andres Fias Boas listened to our podcast where I was blowing him up the other day because he ended up starting the three guys that I thought he should have started in the last one. He, he, he went with Benedetto. He went with a uh, Payet, and, or maybe those two guys in particular. And then uh, on also started up top. They didn't really perform Uh Payet, just to add insult to injury, missed a penalty as well. So it wasn't a great Marseille performance. Uh, They've yet to score in their three group games. I don't know what to make of it. Uh, I, I do appreciate, uh, the Mars, what, what the talent, as you say, that Marseille have on their club in their club, but there's just something not connecting right now. And when they hired Andres Villas-Boas, I wasn't excited about it for all the reasons that I think you're alluding to, which is the guy comes in with a lot of hype, but that hype never translates into anything meaningful. It's just, there's a couple blips of success, you know, when he beat PSG not too long ago in Paris, which was a big deal, but, but, you know, outside of that, there's a lot more disappointment and I think uh, unmatched potential or unrealized potential. And that that frustrates me a lot. So I don't know. I, 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 I'd be surprised if he lasted the whole season if this continues.
1: Yeah. I mean, listen, he's a young manager. So which is kind of amazing, actually, because we've talked about him for a long time, but he's still young, 43 years old. Like he still, <laughs> you know, he still has a lot to offer. Listen, I'll just say this. There is proactive managers and there's yeah. the reactive managers and he's a reactive manager that doesn't even react enough right and, and when you have that consensus in a team especially in a team like Marseille that you know you have Dimitri Payet, Tovan like Benedetto players I just they want the ball and they want to go at you mm. and if you don't complement those traits it's just going to be an issue I mean I'm very interested to hear what Jonathan Johnson thinks but it's just it's a shame because Marseille Especially, like, I've been to Marseille a lot. You go to that community, man, they are just, like, intense, intense. And you want to replicate that kind of intensity on the pitch. And that's not really happening right now. So, again, Pochettino, just go there
2: and and sort them out. Oh, that would be amazing. I'd sign up for that in a heartbeat.
1: But that is it. Jimmy, anything else apart from uh, how you're going to spend your money? Because we've touched on everything. Um, Anything else? From did we get every single
2: game yeah I'm looking we, at it right now we talked we, about them all huh
1: and Dang. we've already and we've already done the preview like guys get yeah, out. But- we give it all we give it all you better you better listen to us on apple podcast spotify and stitcher and leave ratings and review because please we're doing it all for you we're doing it all for you jimmy Sick. anything else
2: no, I uh, had a great day, obviously, from a wagering perspective. So uh, I appreciate all the love that you guys are going to give me on the ratings and reviews and also on social media at Jimmy Conrad. But, but ultimately, I just love spending time and talking the game with you, my friend.
1: Me too, brother. Uh, I love you. I love you guys. And uh, thanks for another great evening of Champions League. And make sure you listen to our preview for Wednesday. And we got so much more, including Europa League, uh, Weekend Recap. We just keep coming with the hits, man. Uh, but thank you so much, Jimmy.
2: All right, thank you. Appreciate it.
1: Everybody, I want to thank my brother, Jimmy Conrad. Make sure that you stay tuned and listen to our pod for our Wednesday preview. We have so much more action to talk about. Please, if you listen to us on cbssports.com, make sure that you listen to us on Apple Podcasts, follow a rating and review, and ask some questions right in there and we'll answer them, all right? Have a great evening and we'll see you next time.